Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Coming up on today's show, we talk about our most anticipated games for 2023, and they might surprise you, or probably not. Welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast. Normally your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. But this week, we are getting ready to celebrate New Year's Eve. Can you believe 2022 is over? It's wow. done. It feels over. <laughs> You're it like, was, I'm ready for it to It was be done. a long year. It it's was. It's been a year. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah, has I mean, been. It's been a year. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by Mrs. Rihanna Manuel Pena. Hello. Oh. And thank you. a burping Brittany Brombacher. <laughs> I was really happy you didn't jump to me first because I would have had to have let that thing go in the mic. <laughs> it was a good lean, though. You, I tried. You attempted to Excellent. save the audio Excellent listeners. Lean. Yes. Well, I'm glad that both of you ladies are here in studio. We are recording this podcast immediately following the Game Awards. We got a bunch of announcements of games coming in 2023. So it is very convenient timing for us to talk about our most anticipated games. We love doing this episode every year. It is a favorite of ours to talk about what is coming in the year ahead. Now, we want to make a caveat that while some of these games do have release dates, I think it's become well established (laughs) in the video games industry that release dates mean almost nothing. And it's better for teams to push their release date if they need to, to make sure that the game is in a condition for consumers to have their best experience, but more importantly, that their teams are not pushed to their breaking point in order to meet some arbitrary release date. While that is the case for some big projects, we still hope that these games are all coming in 2023. But dang, if they all do come out this year, what a banger of a year it's going to be. May and June is going to be the biggest and most glorious clusterfuck known to mankind. We were talking about a change.org yeah. petition. Yeah, like it, 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 it <laughs> Wait, like I said, it feels like an act of war against anyone who wants to cover games. Yeah. Like there's so I mean, many true. big games coming next Juicy, year. Juicy, meaty. Ugh, RPGs. They're so thick. So thick. Thick. Thick game. Girthy. Girthy. God, Mm. you're good at this. (laughs) Especially with Summer Game Fest and E3 2023 being back to back. I guess we're done talking about that. We'll move right along. I'm just trying to keep it on the rails here. All right. We still got a lot more to talk about. Ladies and gentlemen, this is how this show is going to go. And if you're not prepared for that, you maybe want to just check the timestamps and skip right to the game you want to hear us talk about. Otherwise, strap in. It's going to be a fun strap one. Strap in. Hey. Oh, my God. You're just so many. Nailing it. Ah, so hopefully, this isn't your first episode of What's Good Games. But if it is, welcome. Not every episode is like this. So Any enjoy. shenanigans that go down is all Andrea's fault because she made me a drink that is pure alcohol. I mean, and pure. There's not. You requested this drink you specifically. Did. I, heard I it. did. You made me a big one i in fairness had intended to split that across multiple drinks and then i was like what if i just pour it all in britney's glass oh. what's gonna happen we'll get a great show 
It'll be on my ass. So this is the Christmas drink that Brittany and Steimer have raved about previously on the show that I make every holiday season. And for friends out there who are interested or who follow some of my bartending content that I sometimes post on my TikTok and Instagram, this is a holiday drink that doesn't have a proper name yet. We still need to come up with a good name for it. But mm. it is a... Reindeer piss. No, that doesn't sound pleasant, though. Mm. And this is a very pleasant drink. It, it is. I haven't had it in years. So anyway, you're about to talk about what you put into this reindeer piss. I call it like a wintergreen mm. cookie or something. Wintergreen cookie. Well, then that reminds me like spearmint. Right? Mm-hmm. No, it's not spearminty. It's, not spearmint. it's pepperminty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, but it's green. Something Festive cute, leprechaun. Like peppermint kiss or something. No, but leprechaun's the wrong holiday. I know. Yeah, wrong holiday. Wrong season. They're we'll green. workshop this and get back to you. Mm. But, but the ingredient he- list. Yeah, so the yeah. ingredients, it's it's pinnacle whipped cream vodka with Bailey's Irish cream mm-hmm. and creme de menthe schnapps. Oh, and it is so good. It's very good. <laughs> <laughs> the exact balance of which I will measure out and put and make a TikTok of. But or it's proprietary, you know, you gotta it's follow like a, for It's that. like a spice blend, right? Yeah. A proprietary spice blend. Exactly. Yeah, it's very good. Very and you can good. riff on those ingredients and get a Reindeer a fart. No, Mm-mm. that's a shot. <laughs> it also, again, does not sound pleasant. Reindeer I wanna, snot. Also oh. not pleasant. <laughs> I don't want to drink someone's snot. I mean, yeah, I would have tasted like this. I'd be licking everyone's nose. <laughs> oh my <laughs> like, All right, let's talk about some video games. So the way that oh. we run this episode every year is that we take a look <laughs> at the list of games. And I should also mention... We want to thank Factor, the sponsor for this episode of What's Good Games, and we'll tell you more about them in just a little bit. The way that we run this show is that we look at the list of games that already have release dates and start in January and go from there. And usually when we get to around like July, August, that's when the release dates trail off and it's just blanket 2023, Mm -hmm. right? We're going to start in January with all of the dates that we know and go from there. And then we'll talk about the games that just have a 2023 date a little bit later on in the show. So starting with January, and January can be kind of a crapshoot. Some years it's really good and some years it's pretty quiet. And I would say this year feels like a more quiet, but I feel like there's some dark horses that could really like have a good showing. And that's why I'm glad some of them have January release dates. So Brett, you have two games highlighted Ooh, here. Yeah. One mm. of which you just played and talked about on the show, mm-hmm. the Dead Space remake. It did. Mm. So I don't need to kick that dead horse again. <laughs> um, but yeah, Dead Space remake, from what I played, which was four hours of this game, it was incredible. Really, really well done. Really well executed. They took a game that came out in like, what, 2009? Well, I played it first in 2009. I think it might have even come out before that. And they modernized it. They gave Isaac a voice. They just made it feel real good. All the characters and supporting characters have personalities now. So very much looking forward to that. Re, you would hate it. I don't know. You you might. I'm going to give it a go. You might like it because it's not like, I mean, it's pretty scary, actually. So I dabbled with both of the first two Dead Spaces. Never finished either of them. I dabbled because, yeah. you know, I, I love sci-fi. Sci-fi horror, not really my bag, but I enjoy sci-fi horror movies. But my thing with horror video games is like the agency in me having to like physically be a part of it. Yeah. And I can't like plug my ears and close my eyes with the scary parts. Like you have to like live through it is the traumatizing part to me. It's so funny because I'm the opposite. That's why I don't, I mean, I love horror films. Honestly, y'all, y'all know that already. But I have to cover my eyes when I'm watching movies because I'm not in control. Mm. But when I'm playing a scary game, that's why I... I rarely actually get frightened is because I'm in control. Okay. It's interesting. I've heard that feedback before though. But anyway, yeah, Dead Space Remake was really great. The other one though, Fire Emblem Engage. This is mm-hmm. coming out January 20th. Is that what that says? I need new contacts. Yes. 
And I am not a Fire Emblem queen like one Alexa Ray Korea, but I loved Fire Emblem Three Houses, and I loved the most recent Dynasty Warriors take on it, which was called, I think, Three Hopes. And Engage is going to be really interesting because this is going to actually bring in 12 characters from prior Fire Emblem games, and it's going to be woven into the plot. So you're going to have like your Marth, your Roy, Byleth. I think they just announced for some DLC at the Game Awards last night. That's going to have Claude, Edelgard, and Dimitri from the last Fire Emblem game. So that got me all hot bothered. But yeah, I mean, it's a Fire Emblem game. There's husbandos and waifus and an engaging <laughs> story. And it's like, so very excited for both of those. So that alone right there is enough for me. And those are two pretty big titles. And then yeah. on top of that, we found out that we're getting Monster Hunter Rise on consoles. And I'm excited about that because I really enjoyed Monster Hunter World. And while I know Rise is a very different game that was tailored specifically for mobile and handheld, I still want to play it. But the game that I'm really looking to announced that they have a demo that's available to play now, and it's Forspoken. Yeah. So we've seen a lot of this game at different events over the past year at Summer Game Fest and Gamescom. And they pushed the release date originally. This game was supposed to come out fall 2022 and now is coming out in January. And I really want to check this out because I think it's an interesting idea that they have this protagonist who's from a modern era that gets dropped randomly into this weird fantasy world and is trying to figure out like where she is, what are these powers that she has, and it's this open world third person action adventure game. And I am intrigued by that. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I've been looking up both while we're recording the show and in between cuts today, people's reaction to this Forspoken demo since it just dropped. It's a mixed bag, but it's mostly positive. And I was saying earlier, I'm surprised and excited to be surprised by that. People are comparing it to Final Fantasy 16, which I feel like is good company to keep. Oh, wow. And yeah, they're saying that, you know, there's a bit of a learning curve with the combat, but once you get it, it makes sense. And I'm more interested in it now that there's a demo. And we got that really great trailer in the Game Awards as well. I feel like they did a lot of work to course correct from maybe like the first showing where people were just completely thrown off by what it was. It was so confusing what the premise really meant for the actual gameplay. Right. But it seems like it's holding up in the demo. So I'm going to try it, you know, when I get a chance. And maybe it's the most anticipated. I don't know. We'll see. But I'm more open to it now. And I mean, it stars a woman. It stars a woman, a black woman. There you go. Need more of those. <laughs> is there anything else in January that is blowing anybody's skirt up? I love that Persona 4 Golden's coming to console. Yeah. That said, I'm not going to have the time to replay Play it that badly. <laughs> I know. It was so good. But I uh, won't be able to replay that one. But other than that, I feel like it's a solid month. That's a good way to kick off the year. That's a good January. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then we get into February, and there is a lot of games coming out in February of 2023. <gasps> I I think the big one that Brittany wants to talk about first has to do with one of her favorite husbandos. Oh my god, yes. Okay, so Like a Dragon Ishin is coming out on February 21st, and all of the husbands are in this one. It's just going to be a beautiful showcasing of bare chests, and I am <laughs> so excited for it. But what I really do love about this is this game, I think the original one came out well way back in the day, and it was Japan only, and we never thought we would actually see a localization, let alone an actual remake of it with some new features and whatnot. And the fact that we're getting it is so exciting. And I credit that to the success that Like a Dragon had. I know that the naming is a little confusing now, but Yakuza <laughs> 7 was Yakuza Like a Dragon. And now everything going forward is no longer Yakuza. In the West, it is Like a Dragon. But yeah, I, I, I'm so happy we're getting this. And they were talking a lot that Ghost of Tsushima actually was part of the reason why they thought maybe 
this game could survive over here because it is a his- it takes place in a historical time period in Japan. So I'm never going to stop talking about this one. <laughs> I appreciate the call out to Ghost of Tsushima because that game is phenomenal. Yes. But did they not get the memo that people really love like old ass Japan stuff? Like, was that a surprise? <laughs> well, we're going to talk about one of my most anticipated a little bit later on. Assassin's Creed, who you know has, oh, has yeah. some feudal Japan stuff coming, you know, not next year, but beyond. But feels like a lot of gaming communities are very vocal of like, we love this setting. Yes. Do more. Yes. Very excited. I think what I want to call it is something that I'm interested in, but I am also a little trepidatious about is the launch of PSVR 2. So that's going to be a really big hardware that's coming in February. And along with that is a lot of exclusive games that are PSVR 2 only. The biggest one I think that I'm interested in is Horizon called The Mountain from Gorilla. So this is set in the world of Horizon Zero Dawn and Horizon Forbidden West and has a different protagonist. Aloy is not the protagonist in this game, but it's set in that world. And I think it's going to be beautiful, especially if they're making it with Decima Engine. I would love to see how that runs on PSVR 2. But I haven't gotten to try it hands-on yet. I don't know if they're going to have it at CES next month. I haven't reached out to Sony if they're going to be doing press previews. But I haven't been spending as much time in VR as I did previously because I don't know if it's something to do with being like postpartum after my pregnancy. But every time I put VR on now, I get really nauseous. Oh. And... I was really looking forward to playing Moss Book 2, which won Best VR Game at the Game Awards this year. So congratulations to the team at Polyarch for that. And shout out to them for supporting What's Good Games when we launched and being one of our flagship sponsors in the beginning. I want to play that game and I want to play more VR because I think the technology has come a long way since it first launched. But I don't know what it is. I I just keep getting like sick i didn't know that girl and i never used to and i know like frame rates are better now latency is better now and so i want to give it another go so i'm interested in trying what psvr 2 has to offer because i did have some good success with quest 2 from meta and oculus and i want to believe that (laughs) i'm gonna be able to play vr again someday because the games are getting better and better but i'm not as excited about this as i think i once was yeah not for that reason yeah it's a bummer bummer what about you for february i am curious to see how hogwarts legacy does but personally i'm not going to purchase the game but i'm curious what the chatter will be around it but honestly, Destiny, like that's the one that I'm excited yes. for. We saw more of Destiny Lightfall again. It's cyberpunk. It's cyberpunk space it's, ninjas. It's Ooh. bright. It's beautiful. It looks like a new type of like actual combat mechanic. We get a new subclass. Like I'm, I'm ready for that. We're doing a lot of things around Destiny over the holiday, which we can talk about a little bit more later. But it may be the thing that gets me back in. I know I've, I've said this a couple of times. Without <laughs> Wish Queen was going to be the thing that got Witch us back Queen in, would be it, but and it wasn't quite the thing that got us in. And no shade to Witch Queen. It's incredible content. The little bit I've played of it has been wonderful, but it wasn't enough to really hook me, make me feel like I could catch up. I feel like a new subclass is what might do it for me. And I think Lightfall is the moment. So I'm excited for that. Well, and they're finally bringing some of the really big changes that they've been promising in Destiny for a while. I think that was the deflation moment with Witch Queen. Is like, oh, they announced all of these things that are coming for Lightfall, but then they're like, we also have this content Witch Queen that's coming. And I think mm-hmm. in your mind, you're like, oh, they announced the things. And then you have to remind yourself, oh, wait, they're actually not happening this year. They're happening next year. Yeah. <laughs> But they have made great improvements every time they release a big expansion. It's always a good time to jump in. And Destiny is better than it ever has been. And 
you know, hopefully y'all joined us for our Game to Give stream that happened back when the Game Awards was going on. And I would love to play more Destiny. I just, I'm at a point in my life where live service games are hard to fit into my my baby workflow. Especially ones <laughs> as demanding as Destiny is, right? Yes. Like like there's other things that like Dreamlight Valley that like that keep popping up, but <laughs> oh, I, gotta, I gotta go mine me some iron ore. But can we talk about how cute Tiny Buzz and Woody are from the Toy Story update? Oh, tiny great Woody. update. Tiny yes. Woody. It's a tiny little Woody that just follows you around. <laughs> Okay, clearly I need to check out this game. <laughs> Point being, that Destiny's a hard game to stay mm. on top of. And yes. I appreciate a reset, and I feel like at the end of February, that might be a time for me to actually dedicate some hours to it. Put some Fortnite down, hop back in. Possibly put yeah. some Fortnite down. That's a big ask for me, but I might. Fortnite's looking good, that's for sure. Looking real good with that new Unreal update. I do want to be more excited for Hogwarts Legacy as well. It was nominated for Most Anticipated Game at the Game Awards this year, and everything they've shown has looked wonderful, and it's so heartbreaking that it's problematic. It and is. I'll just It really is. I'm not going to go into the entire speech that I gave the first time we talked about it, but the thing that I had mentioned was that I intend to check this game out and play it, but also intend to make an equal or greater to contribution to what the cost of the game would have been for me, depending on, you know, what kind of code the PR team gives me to an LGBTQI charity to make sure that there's dollars going to help those Mm -hmm. communities. And everybody who is a fan of of Harry Potter the way I am and have loved that series as long as I have, you know, you're going to have to wrestle with yourself about how you want to approach your fandom with that game. And if you want to support those dev teams that have nothing to do with the IP creators, Hateful Views, and who have how you a want lot to, of work. Exactly. Yeah. And how you want to support that art, that's going to be up for you to decide. And I had put forth a suggestion of maybe if you want to buy the game and support those teams, you then also donate to a charity and help support those communities that are suffering from yeah. her hateful, hateful tweets and ideas and all the other shit that she's into, which we're not going to talk about because we're talking about what we're excited about. Yes, I want to give a quick are. shout out to Blanc. It's in another February game. Oh, yeah. yeah okay, okay. Cute little wholesome game. <laughs> Top off that last conversation. <laughs> so this is a really adorable co-op game that features a wolf and a fawn, and y'all are trapped in a snowstorm. Oh, seems you, dangerous for the see, fawn. I know. You would think. <laughs> I hope the wolf doesn't eat the fawn. That was like my first legit concern. But this game is built for co-op from the ground up, and it only features a few buttons, so it's made to be very approachable to people who want to play the game and it's this really beautiful black and white 2D art style and it's just again one of those unique games that I want to give a shout out to because I think it's great when people try new shit yeah and especially looks as wholesome and cute as this so that is Absolutely. called Blanc spelled B-L-A-N-C Blanc I love it yeah so moving into March <sighs> when things get interesting hmm. before Brittany splooges over her Resident Evil can we talk about the fact that Skull and Bones is finally coming out that's cool it's one of those things that I'm not going to believe until it's here <laughs> right I hate to say that not going to be Debbie Downer fair that's 100% fair is yeah. Skull and Bones actually coming out and are we excited I think it is and I am not excited <laughs> I'm not either and, I, and I that bu- that me out so much because I was very excited but the giant showcase that Ubisoft did deep diving into what this game is going to be had me being like wait what why yeah Mm -hmm. wait there's no boarding there's no open world exploration there's limited third person exploration on the islands when you go to and from your ship I'm like but so the what 
Well, what what were you doing this whole time? What why is the game delayed so much then? And I don't have any answers. I don't know if I'm ever going to get answers. I don't know if they have plans to add that stuff. I hope that we can maybe get a clearer picture of what this game is actually going to be. But my hopes are not high. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is a game that they're like, we just got to get it out the door and get it done. We can't spend any more money on it. Yeah. And in lieu of just outright canceling it, they're like, well, we're going to put out what we have out. I yeah. get it. I mean, you think about Sea of Thieves too in that first launch and that was pretty bare bones as well. And I feel like they took that game and they innovated on the fly. Rare did a really good job at that. I don't know if that's possible with Skull and Bones because of how much greater of a game that is and I feel like how much they're already launching with. But maybe they'll find their identity and they'll kick ass. But yeah, yeah not for me either. I mean, I, I hope that they figure something out and find a fan base that loves it. But we don't know exactly what it is. We know what it isn't and that's Black Flag's ships mechanics which is what I wanted so yeah I know it's not what I wanted that's yeah. all I really know about it so yeah. I'm hopeful but I'm not holding my breath yeah but a game that we got a new look at at the game awards with a crazy trailer with voice talent out the wazoo <laughs> oh man unreal <laughs> boss Rocket City, and this is a game that we <laughs> don't really know a lot about. We haven't seen like extensive gameplay or anything. We just have like a concept of what the game is going to be and a, a, some small media previews for it. But the voice talent alone Ooh. is like, okay, I'll give this a shot. I'll give a quick list of some, okay. some of them, like not even all of them, some of them. We have uh, Reservoir Dogs actor Michael Madsen in the leading role. We have Danny Glover, Danny Trejo, Kim Basinger. Vanilla Ice, and they left us with a banger at the end with Chuck Norris. <laughs> yes. Like, and that's not even the whole cast. And Michael Rooker. It's unreal how stacked this is, honestly. Like, it. I don't know what this game is, and I'm already excited for it. Yeah, I, just I, like, I just the little that it. I read, you can team up with PVE co-op, and you can do heists and stuff like that. So kind of payday-esque, like we were talking about earlier. Something yeah. Like the team member that I talked to was was saying is, imagine like a hybrid mashup between GTA, Mafia, and Payday. Yeah, that sounds right. Sounds with the first great. person <laughs> shooting emphasis with some third person mm -hmm. mixed in. And I was like, this sounds dope. If I want. I need to see off, more. I, Let's I'm go. I'm down. I would like to see that. But it's coming out in March, and there haven't been extensive media previews yet. So that always is like a giant red flag for me because it's going to go one of two ways. It's going to go God of War Ragnarok way where they are so confident that they have to do literally zero media previews. Oh, my God. That game did zero media previews. That's true, yeah. They just released and were like, you know you're going to love this game. And <laughs> we all... like, and we all table. That strategy works for like one studio and that is Sony Santa Monica. Yes. <laughs> I mean, when you put out a masterpiece of a game as the first game and yeah. then this is the follow-up, yeah, that's a big dog or mm -hmm. big dick moment. It is. Mm -hmm. This game, however... I don't think is in that same category because they haven't, you know, this isn't like a sequel, right? So, yeah. and we don't really know a lot about the team behind the game. Publisher 505 Games. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the developer is more important and it's mm -hmm. like kind of like mysterious that we don't really know much about oh. this dev team. Yeah. And so I am, you know, a little hesitant about how this game's actually going to play if it's coming out in three months' time. Yeah, especially the nature of the game. I feel like you'd have to organize a lot of online Early access sessions. is not a shameful thing no. to do. No, especially Balance. not these days. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it. But no one's going to care about Crime Boss because... No, I was getting all, everything else from March out of the way to clear the room for... Stand aside, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've talked about this game extensively. I don't need it. Again, kick that dead horse. Resident Evil 4 Remake is coming out. 
So I've played about an hour of it uh, a few months back over at the Capcom headquarters, which was so freaking cool. And what I love the most about this game is you're always going to have the original, right? And it's kind of like the same thing I said about Final Fantasy VII. You're always going to have the original. You're always going to have that experience, that kind of B-movie exploitable game where you can do, what are they called? Where you go really fast. You go really fast. (laughs) You can do the speed runs. You know where all the enemies are going to be, blah, blah, blah. But this game in particular, they're really kind of modernizing it and they're making it, they're expanding it. And so far what I've seen is I think this could go the Resident Evil 2 remake route where it surpasses the original. Because they're just adding so much and so many story details. And there's still so much we don't know about this game. But I have a feeling that Capcom is very in tune with their audience, especially when it comes to Resident Evil. And they're going to nail it. And oh my god, I can't wait. Leon is daddy. Leon, daddy Leon. The previews that we've seen so far have all looked really great. And as like a diehard fan, do you feel confident? And put your, obviously your working relationship with Capcom aside. Just as a fan, do you feel confident that they've taken feedback from what went wrong with Resident Evil 3 Remake and knowing just how pivotal Resident (laughs) Evil 4 was originally in the franchise in order to be able to like land the ship? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Land and the plane? That's what I meant to say. I totally, I pick up where you're Dock the down. ship? <laughs> and I don't know if any of this is like, has been officially told as a real event that happened, but I'm going to try my best to explain it. So essentially what happened is Resident Evil 3 Remake came out and the feedback from that was obviously very loud. There was too much stuff cut from it. It wasn't like the remake that we had expected, especially off of the heels of Resident Evil 2 Remake. And so that feedback was taken to heart and the developers, they switched developers to the main Resident Evil developer. And again, like I'm not, not getting the names right. I'm sorry, I'm sleep deprived. But they literally, to your point, they made a huge pivot. And I think it was even with the script and with the team. And then now they are developing it the way they should be and the way they should have been. So yes, I really think so. And just from what I've seen again, just like little story beats are being greatly expanded on. And there's more lore. Like the levels are completely obviously what you'd expect redesigned, but redesigned with purpose. Yeah. And oh. Okay. Yeah. You know, you. Nah. No. Nah. No. I know. Nah. 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 Another world. Another timeline. I'm going to (laughs) play. I'm ready. I'll watch someone play. My body is ready, as Reggie (laughs) would like to say. And I think it'll be good for you, too, because you've played Resident Evil, too, and you have that connection with Leon. And so this is a Mm -hmm. continuation of that, obviously, but he feels like the same character this time. Whereas in the original, you have RE2 Leon, then you have RE4 Leon, and RE4 Leon just looks like a comedic fool in a good way. I love him. <laughs> and He's, he had an appearance in Village, didn't he? Was Chris. There a, was there a lookalike? Ah, Redfield. <laughs> that was Redfield. That was uh, the whole thing. I'm was it Chris the, Redfield? I'm not the Resident Evil expert I don't know. Here. Have you seen his character design? I don't know who that was. I don't know who thought about that. I need Jason Shard to do an in-depth article on how the hell that <laughs> even happened. I don't even, I think that was a body double. Don't get me started. We won't get you started because we have other games to talk about for 2023. But before we do that, I want to let you know that this episode of What's Good Games is brought to you by Factor. This episode of What's Good Games is brought to you by Factor. With the bustling holiday season underway, ready-to-eat meal delivery can lend a helping hand. Factor shops, preps, cooks, and delivers to your door so that you can enjoy chef-crafted, dietitian-approved meals during the holidays, minus the hassle. Plus, with 34 meals per week, including Gourmet Plus, Keto, Calorie Smart, Vegan and Veggie, and 36 weekly add-ons, you'll have plenty of nutritious, flavorful options to choose from. Now, my holidays are already jam-packed, as I'm sure yours are too. And luckily, Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals make it easy to fuel up fast 
when I'm on the go, or let's face it, when I'm cooking for the baby who never seems to want to eat anything these days. I can save time with meals delivered ready to heat and eat in just two minutes, which is a lifesaver. And Factor Now offers 34 meals per week, plus those 36 add-ons like smoothies, juices, snacks, and even more to keep me going no matter what I have going on. I've got some mango and strawberry banana smoothies in my fridge right now, and I love just like drinking those on the go. They've got lots of coconut water in them. Oh, they're delicious. And thanks to Factor's commitment to ingredients with integrity, you can enjoy flavorful chef-crafted meals guilt-free, like the creamy Parmesan chicken or one of my faves, the three-bean vegan chili. I talked last time about how I didn't think I'd like a vegan chili, but it's really, really good, you guys. And not only does Factor offer fast, simple solutions when I'm too busy to cook, they also help me stay on top of my goals, like eating more vegetables. That's important, everybody. That fiber needs to be in your diet. And with offerings like Protein Plus and Keto, you can stay on track if you're more carb conscious. This is definitely going to come in handy when cookies are everywhere over the next couple of weeks. If you want to try Factors Meals for yourself, head to go.factor75.com slash what's good 60. Don't forget about the go in there. And use code what's good 60 to get 60% off your first box. Six zero. You didn't hear that wrong. That's a lot of money off. That's go.factor75.com slash what's good 60 and use our code what's good 60 to get 60% off your first box. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we get back to our most anticipated conversation, we want to take a moment to thank our amazing elite patrons at patreon.com slash what's good games. These are people who support us. And most of these names have been with us since the beginning, which is really amazing. And if you guys want to hear your name shouted out in the podcast, you can get details about pledge information at patreon.com slash what's good gains. You guys keep us going every month and we can't thank you enough. So let's go ahead and read some names, shall we? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm going to start and then Brittany's going to go and then we're just going to round robin this. Okay, let's do it. Thank you to Robert Griffin, Ryan Safel, Bill Rosas, Erskine James, Casual Blasphemy, Trick24, Omega Buster, Jason Luck, Daniel Hull, Eric Z, Trekkers3442, Excess Oddities, Trent Berry, Sean I, Brian R. Johnson, Patrick Landry, Rob Leonard, Kenneth Stimble, Trent Pennington, Jessica Bloom, Patrick Weller, Matthew Goddard, Got Andrew scrolled so fucking fast. Sorry. Girl. Noel Novotic. And Chris Wang. 
<laughs> Tyler McCall. Adriana Rock Williams. Ty Jackson Burgess. <laughs> Gary Peck. Dale Sun. Robert F. Freeman. <laughs> Carl Milne. Marcus Ian Brown. Pete Shoemaker. Teresa Enert. Andrew Cotton. Elmo Shell. Gio Corsi. Crispy Coelho. Ozzy Mejia. Nicole Humphrey. John Drake. Thank you so much to all of you for supporting us and being part of our fantastic community at patreon.com slash what's good games. I say it always and will continue to say it. We can't do this show without you. And if you want to help support our voice in video games, please check out pledge information at patreon.com slash what's good games. Now let's get back to the show. Continuing on with the month of April. This is when the release dates start to get a little bit thinner, but we have some some good ones. So we've got the Burning Shores DLC coming for Horizon Forbidden West, which is April 19th. So we saw this at the Game Awards this year. I loved Horizon Forbidden West. Well, yes. It's a game that I, if I had more time, would go in 100%, but there was just so much in that game. And they are going to Hollywood. Hey. And I think it's going to be fun as somebody who's been living in California for quite a while now to kind of see some things that I recognize. I love that part of San Francisco and the game. Mm -hmm. And any reason to go spend more time in this world, give it to me. I need to finish it. I never finished it. What? Girl, something else came out right around that time. I don't remember what it was. Everything? (laughs) It's Horizon. Everything comes out around Horizon. You got to the point where you could unlock the sun wings, yes? No. (gasps) No, see, you, the way you played it was smart because you just beelined it because obviously when you're reviewing a game, like, you, if you want to play it. Well, I took my time until, like, the review embargo deadline came and then it was clear that I was behind everybody else by quite a bit because I was doing a lot of side yeah. content. And then I was just like, okay, I have to carve a path through the main quest. And I was actually a little bummed that they held that really cool piece of gameplay behind this like late game wall of story missions. And I understand why they did it narratively, but when games don't telegraph that to you, I feel like that's a huge part of gameplay that you don't want to save for end game because then it's like, well, now I'm done with the game. Now I have this cool thing. It's like when... A game introduces like a fight mechanic or a weapon at the very end of the game that's like really, really boss cool. and really cool. Yeah. And then you're like, yeah, but now I've played 100 hours in this game and I'm done. Yeah. I'm like, but why'd you hold it back? Shouldn't have done that. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, no, I it earlier. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. no one wants to chase a reward that they're never going to use. Or they don't even know about. Yeah. That also is true. That's true. If there was I, a hint, like, I literally hey. did not even know about that until you just mentioned it. It was in the trailer at the Game Awards, which is it why. Was, yeah. I mean, it would yeah. have been considered a spoiler back, you know, yeah. w- around the game's release that you can unlock the ability to fly through the entire world. So cool. kind of a big deal. <laughs> and it's a really cool mechanic. Like, riding the mounts is fun, mm-hmm. but flying is cooler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in most cases, a lot faster. Mm-hmm. But the way that you have to mount and unmount your Sunwing can sometimes be problematic depending on where you are which is why the mounts I don't think will ever lose their significance in the game but you know they showed Aloy riding on the Sunwing in the trailer mm-hmm. for the Burning Tours DLC at the Game Awards so that's why I felt comfortable yes talking about it's it okay oh, absolutely yeah. yeah I mean it's so, out there it's a really cool mechanic but it's tied to a pretty late story mission mm-hmm. so if you also like Brittany never finished the game I would encourage you if you are interested in playing the DLC to maybe carve a mainline path mm-hmm through Forbidden West and then, you know, at your leisure, go back and check out all the side stuff. Yeah. Also, a game coming in April that I think we're all hesitant but sort of excited for is Dead Island 2. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't say I'm excited for it. Well, no, you know. I think Brittany and I are like longtime Dead Island fans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And I was excited that they resurrected this game literally from the dead, pun intended, Ah. in a way. And I was also nervous, though, that it had such a soon release date after it's announced. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that can be good, all off, all off for. But sometimes it could be bad, you know, and I don't know how this game is going to go. And we got some gameplay recently. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it looked okay. I mean, the tone <laughs> of it is what I'd want. It looks kind of dark, dark humor, but it's a zombie. And you get to go around LA and you get to bash things in the face. And the combat looks visceral, blah, blah, blah. But the characters look really interesting. Characters look very interesting. But yeah, it's just that thing of, uh, I think it's going to be like a Saints Row thing, going with the right expectations. Yeah. And I loved Saints Row. I really did. But I went into it with the right expectations. I didn't go into it thinking, oh, this would be the next Grand Theft Auto, which a lot of people did, which yeah. surprised me. Did people really think that Saints Row was going to be GTA? Yeah, they did. They really did. I think they, they held it up to that standard. They you know? were mistaken. Yeah. Saints Row has never been GTA, and the team of Volition is not trying to be the team at Rockstar. We probably won't get another were. one now. No. Thanks, friends. No. No. <laughs> Come on. We just talked about how Volition is now under Gearbox, mm-hmm. and hopefully, you know, that will save the... You're right. Maybe we will. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. But anyway, obviously, Dead Island 2 is always a good time. I'm happy it's finally coming out. I'm happy it's getting its shot. We'll see. And I just will say, because we heard nothing about it at the Game Awards, I'm more worried now. Like It would have been a great time to put out a new trailer. A, anything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't need to have gameplay. It would have been great. But no, it should have been. It should have been a, like a... Just an, a reminder. Just a melee gameplay trailer. Or, I know Jeff doesn't do this a lot. But it would have been cooler to see a gameplay demo. Well, that could have happened, but it didn't. But so, it did not. Yeah. We'll see what happens at the end of April. Well, let's see. And then, ladies, my yeah. beautiful, lovely ladies. Oh, yes. Oh. Suicide Squad. Kill oh, <laughs> you teed that up very deathly. Um, so deathly, deathly, both, yeah, both, weird. maybe both. So yes, we got a new trailer for Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League at the Game Awards as well. And we got the official release date, May 26th. And a beautiful tribute to Kevin. Kevin Conroy. Um, yes. And going to be featured in the game. As, so glad that they, that they confirmed that. That's, yeah. that's really wonderful. And he is such an incredible actor, but he was also a really kind person. I had the amazing honor of working with him on a panel for a Lego game of all things at Comic-Con <laughs> quite a few years back. And he was just a consummate professional and really kind. And it was awesome seeing his relationship with a lot of other voice actors. Obviously, Tara Strong is is well known in the DC voice community as well as the voice of Harley Quinn. And it was just such a nice moment to get to know him as an actor. And I'm really glad that they did a tribute to him at the Game Awards. Mm-hmm. I'm really sure lovely. it was beautiful. I was staring at the back of people's heads. Oh. oh, no, that's when you were locked out in the hallway. Yeah, I was. That was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. That was the whole thing. We'll talk about that at some other time. Uh, But the game, I think, has a lot of high expectations. We still haven't seen gameplay. Mm. Everything that they show us has been cinematic so far. Which have been great, but... But I think the pressure is on Rocksteady as a giant studio who made one of the best superhero franchises of all time to really put out something cool and I am a little nervous that we haven't seen any gameplay demos yet and haven't seen extensive gameplay previews from press yet that to me is worrisome yeah and with a date in May like when would they show something that's PAX East maybe maybe or they're gonna do an independent event yeah yeah which you know is perfectly reasonable sure Mm -hmm. sure but 
Concerned is what I am. Yeah. But hopeful is also what I am. Rooting for it, for sure. But the game that's going to steal the show and also won most anticipated game for 2023 at the Game Awards. And maybe it's somebody's most anticipated game here. Who could say? Uh, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is coming to Nintendo Switch on May 12th. Brittany, do you have any thoughts? No. Okay, cool. So let's move on (laughs) to June then. (laughs) So, yeah. I mean, again, like when I was in studio last, we did a big old breakdown. I had like a PowerPoint presentation. (laughs) You sure did. Oh, that was a good time. I was impressed by the level of detail. And that's what I love about these games, though, is like you get all this shit and then we look into everything way too much with too close of an eye and we're always wrong. We're always always wrong but it is fun to try to piece the stuff together and we can do that till we're blue in the face but the reality is is we don't know what the heck this game is going to be we don't know what the main mechanics are we don't know where the story is taking us at all and i think i'm at a point now where i i don't want to know more but you know if another trailer comes out i'm going to dissect that bitch eat it up oh eat it up dissect it yeah absolutely it's zelda it's the sequel to breath of the wild which is still one of the most talked about games i feel like it's just a staple and a lot of games are compared to it i'm thinking about pokemon and that's just a sad sad situation But what do you say about the game that's probably going to win Game of the Year and tons of other awards? It's just going to. But we just don't know much about it yet. Do you think that Tears of the Kingdom is going to potentially fall into the same camp that a lot of people looked at God of War Ragnarok of this is great, but you innovated the first time and now this is just more goodness. You still nailed the goodness, but you didn't really add a lot of innovation this time. But we still love it because it's great. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I think we're going to see... So every Zelda game has its own shtick. Like, if, it could be the Ocarina and Ocarina of Time. It could be the time travel Majora's Mask. Like, it all has its thing. And there's definitely going to be something with this. And I, it's either maybe you're traveling between realms or maybe there's time travel again. And there's the verticality in this game. So I think it's going to be way more innovative than just like a, I mean, Ragnarok innovated too, right? Of course it did. And yes. at, at first though, I mean, I didn't think it did, but I, the more mm-hmm. you dug into it and peeled back, you're like, wow. And so, but I think Zelda's going to kick off probably feeling a little samey at first. And then they're going to introduce those mechanics to you. And then it's going to be like, this is its own thing. Yeah. Its own thing, and I'm just oh, bring just back get rid engines. of the stamina bar. Just do it. Get do rid it, of the cowards. stamina bar. Mm-hmm. Nobody needs dungeons. a stamina bar. Just let us climb whatever we want to climb, yeah. whatever we want to climb it. Absolutely, okay. yeah. There's so much <laughs> they could do with it, so I can't wait to see. Yeah, are they going to make that change? Are they going to bring destructible weapons back? Like, oh, hopefully, of not. course they are, but we don't want them to. Nobody wants them, and no. the ones out there that are like, but I want them because it forces me to min max all these other things in my build. I'm like, shut up, you. No, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my mind racing, but yeah. Oh man, that game is gonna just. I mean, I I can't imagine we get any more release dates around that time. Yeah, May. May, yeah, you kinda May is probably stay just out of the way of yeah. Zelda, yeah. right? But the next couple of months also have oh, some, man. some big games in them, right? So, so we've got... We talked about June before and saying how like June specifically yes. is looking egregious considering all of the event activity in that month. But Diablo. <laughs> Let's talk about Diablo. Ooh. Well, we don't really need to talk a lot about it because Brittany and I made a, a standalone podcast episode oh. about it last month. If you guys missed our, we did a standalone Diablo 4 preview because we were invited by Blizzard to be part of a special media build of the event, a special beta. Everything was amazing about every minute that I played. And I still think about it and want to keep playing. And I hope they invite us to play again before it launches. But it's officially launching June 6th, and that's right before Summer Game Fest and E3 kicks off, so Ah. that's going to be stressful for me and everybody else who works in games media. But the game looks incredible, and it looks to be 
like it's going to be the best Diablo they've ever made and surpass everything that they've done combat narrative design wise and I don't know how this game is at the top of everybody's list. Oh man. I It's re- my personal most anticipated game oh, of 2023. Love that. It, it's getting close. It's getting real close and I love that it's a games as a service. I think that's fun. I've always wanted to get into a game like that. I mean, I love Destiny, but I you know, I fell off that train a long time ago. But give You're me- not an FPS girl, and that's okay. That's fine. Yeah, you know, it's, it's okay. Um, but I do like whacking shit in the face. And yes. in Diablo 4, I can do that. And the idea that I can have this character that I go back to and revisit and continue to grow and evolve, like it's got me all tingly. Mm. You know, like I love yes. that. Um, but- and we got a, a tiny look at some of the end game stuff that they have planned. Yeah. And it's wild when you're playing a press preview and you're like level seven and then <laughs> they give you like screens of end game stuff that's like level four. 600 or whatever, and you're like, like, that feels like it's so far away, but (laughs) longtime Diablo fans know that Blizzard has been very good about supporting their games post-launch with DLC, and Diablo 3 had a ton of stuff, and they did seasons of content, Mm -hmm. and I think it's good that they just came out in the beginning and are like, this will be a game that we fully support and continually release content for because we know that audiences want that, and it's going to be... It's going to be so much fun. Just add it to the list of things I don't have time for but really want to (laughs) play. Okay, and then on top of that, you got Final Fantasy 16, which comes out June 22nd. Ah, too many things. (laughs) I'm going to be living my best life, but also I'm going to be so stressed. (laughs) It's going to be great. When do I have time to play games at night? For two hours at a time. No, it's great. It'll take me years to finish this. But yeah, Final Fantasy 16, it looks really good. And I know we're kind of on the cusp of Final Fantasy 7 Remake. We're still talking about that and how good it was. And obviously we have Rebirth coming next year. (laughs) (laughs) but the last main game was final fantasy 15 i say main like that was the last numbered one like that and i loved 15 i know a lot of people were kind of like on it you can go kick rocks but i think final fantasy 16 looks really good you have all these different kingdoms you can travel to and the game still is a little bit of a mystery we did get an in-depth trailer at the game awards which i haven't been able to dissect recently because you know i haven't had time because you're here with us i'm here with you having interactions with humans being present I can look at that stuff on the airplane tonight when I go home. But yeah, like it just looks really good. And it just makes me happy that these games are still going and they're still seeing success. And I know a lot of people are really excited about Final Fantasy 16. Really interesting premise. I love the idea of the summons and I could get real nerdy with this, but I won't. But just, yeah, very much looking forward but to it. But you can if you want to. I mean, I could, but girl, I'll probably just like talk myself into delirium and I'll fall asleep on the desk. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't want you to do that. <laughs> And another big game that's coming out that we, before we get to August, in June that I want to mention because it looks really good and and Rihanna and I had the opportunity to play it at Summer Game Fest earlier this year is Street Fighter Mm 6. And I know this is a highly anticipated game, particularly, of course, in the FGC and I think the game looks great. I love that it's multi-platform because a lot of people were concerned after, you know, the previous deals that maybe Street Fighter wouldn't be, but it is. And it's coming out June 2nd. Obviously, none of us at this table are diehard fighting game players. Mm -mm. But I love that they are doing some different things this time around to bring in new players. A lot of the modes that we talked about after we saw it um, and previewed it a couple months back. And of course, the revamped narrative Mm -hmm. first person campaign mode that they are bringing into the game, which I think is going to be really great. So we'll keep an eye on that. And that's kind of like after June is where it now... It starts to get a little murky and is mostly just 
2023, except Larian Studios put a flag in the sand. They sure did. <gasps> they sure did. For and Baldur's just, Gate 3. And they're just saying August. We don't yes. even have a date, so I 100% anticipate this game's going to get kicked again. Punted, I should say. Regardless, it doesn't even matter. Larian Studios is one of the most talented studios out there. They've been making kick-ass RPGs for as long as I can remember. And I love that they've been given an IP like Baldur's Gate that they can really test themselves with and really yeah. push themselves. And this game has been in early access for years now. I remember playing it on Stadia with Jason years ago. I feel like it was years ago. Maybe it was just last year. Who could say? <laughs> but it is good and it was shaping up to be good. And there's nothing out there like a Larian game. They're just so unique and there's so much personality and heart put into their games. And you really do feel like every choice matters. The combat is just so satisfying. They're always cooperative. And it's like, oh my God. My dream game. So I hope this could, this is fighting for like the top most anticipated Ooh. for next year. Okay. I mean, it's just, I mean, like, it's just a it's love. It's a tough year for you to pick between your children. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've got Girl. Resident Evil, Like a Dragon from Yakuza. You've Two got Yakuza Zelda. Games yeah. And you've got Baldur's Gate. And Final Fantasy. I mean, so many daddies. Oh, you are going to be living your best life all year. Oh, I'm going to be worn out and I'm going to love it. <laughs> it's going to be the best. I, I don't know. I feel bad for myself a year from now when I have to pick one. I don't know how I'm going to do it. That's oh, just your the first goatee, you mean? Mm-hmm. I'm sure somebody will rise to the top. Yeah. Yeah. Someone will fuck up and their game won't be good. <laughs> and then I'll well, make what if they're things. all good? That would be great. That might be my best year ever. Yes. <gasps> Live your best life. Oh, God, it's going to be such a good year. But there's so many games coming out that don't have release dates, that just have blanket 2023. And some of them I'm confident will come out in 2023. And some of them I'm like, well. (laughs) So one of the things I'm obviously very excited about as a longtime Assassin's Creed fan is Assassin's Creed Mirage. So we had a big Assassin's Creed showcase a little while back. And we got a deep dive not just at Mirage, which is coming out, But we also got a look at the plans for the franchise and where it's going. Obviously, I mentioned, you know, Feudal Japan, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, coming in a later Assassin's Creed and some other cool things. But I think Mirage looks really great. I'm really interested to see what they're going to do to balance the RPG mechanics. So I think the community is a little split right now. Mm -hmm. And when we watched the showcase, you know, they made a commitment to the mechanics of the originals, focusing more on stealth, more on these narrative experiences, but they're still bringing in a lot of those RPG mechanics that they began with Origins and obviously continued through Odyssey and Valhalla. They have this new Valhalla DLC that's going to tie these two games together. So I think that the franchise is in an interesting position to potentially bridge these two fan bases together. I know we've talked before about how kind of Resident Evil suffered from this as well. Like Mm. the franchise kind of went in a couple different directions Mm -hmm. and some fans loved both, but it was clear that there was a divisive moment happening. Mm -hmm. And I think Assassin's Creed is kind of suffering from that as well. That Mm -hmm. people are are playing games like Valhalla and being like, this is too much. I don't want all this. This is a lot of like bloat. People are calling like, this is just a bunch of repetitive stuff that I don't want to chase. But then the other part of the community is like, give me more collectibles. (laughs) And so it's hard. You can't please everybody. No. So that's one of the games I'm definitely looking forward to. But we talked about it in our Game Awards reaction show, Banishers. Yes. Ghost of a New Eden coming from Don't Not is also allegedly coming out next year, even though I'm like, why? That seems early. I don't know. It seems early, but the the piece that we saw in the Game Awards package did have gameplay. It looked 
So it looked good. It looked pretty well developed. And obviously, it's a little tiny slice, and there's much more of a game mm-hmm. than just 20 seconds of, of combat with a ghost blinking in and out. But it looked really <laughs> damn good. And I think what looks so interesting about it is there's actual, it's not a disc, like actual gameplay. Yeah. You know, where you're mm-hmm. using abilities and you can change your equipment from what we read. Mm-hmm. And that is like, I love to see that from a Dotnod game. And then you have your choices, of course, on top of that, that can impact those who are living and who are dead. So, because your wife or your lover, whoever she is, her. she's gone, but she's not gone. She's not, but she's not. Oh, I'm ready for feels on that. And don't not is master of feels, right? At this point, oh, like, yeah, can we just know. give them that title? Like, master yeah. of feels. I love their experiences so much. I've been very close to one in particular, but all of them are great. And I really, really get excited when I can see a studio that's like, okay, we're great at this, but we want to try to be great at something else too yeah. and put these things together. And if they can manage to pull that off, like really great action combat with a ghost peripheral person as like a, a secondary assistant character and you get all of the story development and they could potentially be there or not there or your fate's different based on your choices or their fate's different based on your choices. Like I really want to dig into that. Like I yes. love... I love, love, love when games have different endings depending on how you play. Like, there's a lot of potential there. So I get Mm -hmm. very excited about it. It feels like the experience a lot of us longtime Bioware fans have been craving and wanting. And in lieu of Bioware giving that to us because we still don't know what the heck is happening with (laughs) Dreadwolf or the next Mass Effect for as far as release dates go. It's like, well, maybe somebody else can take that mantle up. And obviously, we've worked with Don't Nod here at What's Good Games. You know, Life is Strange as a franchise has, you know, supported us and sponsored some of our events in the past. And obviously, you worked on Tell Me Why. And so I think we're all very close to this and really wanted to succeed. <laughs> we've had the Kool-Aid a little. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, but they've also put out great games. Yes. So, like, it's not just the Kool-Aid, but I also want to make sure that people, you know, are aware of that if you, if you guys haven't been. Mm-hmm. But I haven't seen them do that really action-oriented style of combat before. So I think it's going to be, you know, a little bated breath, like, waiting to be like, what's this actually going to, like, be and how is it going to integrate? But high hopes that that team, which is very talented, is going to crush it. Make us cry. Please. Do it, you cowards! (laughs) Let me feel something. (laughs) Let me feel something. Okay, so I did have Avatar Frontiers of Pandora highlighted here because I love Avatar and I'm very excited about Way of Water, which is coming out this month. And I feel like I don't know a lot about this game, but the gameplay and the trailers that we've seen so far look really cool. But it's another one of those, well, need to see a little bit more. And we don't know exactly when that game is coming out. But it's on my, definitely on my watch list for sure. Really quickly, we're going in alphabetical order for all of these like non-dated 2023 ones. And I want to give a quick shout out to Call of Duty Mobile. Not necessarily because I'm excited for it or it's highly anticipated, but... I've really appreciated the mobile experiences I've had, especially ones that are part of an existing game franchise. Mm. I'm talking about Apex, obviously. <laughs> I can't help you myself. Don't, you don't say. <laughs> but it is fantastic. And I just have to call it out that there is huge potential. Fortnite on mobile is great. Apex is killing it. I think Call of Duty has some big shoes to fill, but they're in good company if they can pull it off. And I will absolutely play it. So I'm cautiously optimistic about that one. I'll put it into that that category. That's a good category to be in. Uh, Well, and I do want to call out that Call of Duty Mobile has been out, but they are expanding their platform reach and the regions with which that they are 
releasing because they I don't want to be like they soft launched it but mo- <laughs> most it was it was only like an official soft launch of the game to make sure that it was working and things like that so they're going to do a, a widespread release mm-hmm. and I have no doubt that they're absolutely going to crush it yeah. because Call of Duty, Call of Duty is, is exactly. crushing it right now yeah. they are so that's a good call out there's you know some other games that we could talk about but I mean the list is long and we have some other things that we would like to mention first <laughs> so these two games Brittany that we're going to talk about next which one do you want to talk about first I'll just give a shout out to Fay Farm it's this really cute adorable cozy farm sim that you can play with friends great category oh man there's dungeon crawling there's crafting there's decorating that has actual impact on your oh. This is a a game that has like and shout out to the PR team for being like, we know this game is up your alley. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, you oh. guys know I'm so busy. I can't. Oh, I, it it is, looks oh, so good. God. Well, maybe maybe you can tend to my crops while I uh, do some dungeon crawling and bring home the bacon. You know Wait, but I why mean. can't I do the dungeon crawling and you do the crop tending? You because want to decorate. Want... Let's be real. <laughs> yeah, but I don't want to manage crops. I hate that part of these games. I don't want to go water my fucking Here's flowers. We'll do, I got you... shit to do. Well, you can have up to four players. So I'll we... water the crops. Great. Okay, we'll go slay I'm monsters. I'll farming. I'll farm and fish. Oh, okay, no, no, no. I'll I dungeon hate crawl. Too. I'll dungeon crawl. You'll do the crops, and okay. Andrea will do the decorating. We love it. It's great. That. I think it's a great. Anyway, it looks really cute and wholesome, and like it takes place in a fantasy world. And usually these games are like rural, in the middle of nowhere, ling ding ding, you know. But now, mm-hmm. now you got magic and stuff. You got spells. That's great. Looks real fun. I love. Spells. And then obviously, <laughs> Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Oh, that, that name that just makes me feel weird. I don't know. It reminds me of Afterbirth. That's what it is. That's what it is. For That's me. exactly what it is. I just wanted them to fucking call it episode two like, <laughs> that's you know why yeah. because it's confusing because mm-hmm. now there's like a bazillion different like spin-offs of final fantasy 7 and for people like me who really got into final fantasy 7 remake yes. and never really played the franchise before and it was like my game of the year when it happened i was i'm super excited about the next one but now i'm like then they released crisis core like trailers at the same time mm. and there was all this other final fantasy stuff happening and britney was like <laughs> living her best living. life being like i know all of these references i got this unlock and i'm over there being like i don't get this well i think the reason they did that is because okay rebirth alone is a standalone title which is kind of weird but they expect that this could be a good jumping in point for people who never played the first one and so i think if they called it episode two that would probably just turn people off yeah because so i'm thinking (laughs) because the first one it's so good you should play it it is so good just play it and that's come from andrea come on that's yes and then you guys know i hate turn-based shit (laughs) <laughs> that game was real good and because you can choose to play it turn-based or you don't have to and play it and turn-based. And it's anime as fuck. And, and that's why it's so genius. Anime. And she loved it. It's so good. But yeah, so I think that's like where they're going with this. The first one just set the, the remake, set the tone. We're going in a new direction with this. It kind of got like that weird backstory out. But now, I think this next one is where the real journey begins. And mm. then you don't need to know what happened in the first one. In fact, if you didn't, it might make more sense if you just start with the second one. Well, oh, now I'm more confused than ever before. Why? 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 would they that feels like narratively that the, it's, it's going to be hard for me but you're saying it's going to be easier it's, I think it will be easier because I think the thing about the first remake is it was such a mindfuck for all of us who know how that story goes right and I think that's where you got confused is because we all wondered now we're like oh my god this happened this happened did this happen and you're like but wait is this not supposed to happen how did this but now I, I mean think- it's almost like book nerds being like that's not how it was in the book right <laughs> that's pretty much exactly what, and then trying to explain it to me and I'm like I don't fucking read it I don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway very excited for that I'm really curious to see where that story is going especially with Zach coming into it who's 
I don't know what I can spoil now. I don't, I'm not going to say anything, but I guess nothing. Cause someone's going to be mad about it. Yeah. Everyone's going to be mad about something. This is the game that I want to see more of. I feel like we haven't seen enough of, yeah. but it feels like because we don't have a release date that maybe we'll see something around E3 next year and then we'll get maybe a holiday release date. Holiday. Yes. I hope so. Yeah. Please give us some space. Oh my god, what a good time! We got Crisis Core, we got Rebirth, we got sixteen coming, and oh. fourteen is kicking, and won kickin'. the best community support award at the Game Awards. Uh, so. All we need is that Final Fantasy IX remake announcement. One more. Let's Keep one holding more. your breath for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Rihanna, you would like to talk about the Siege of Dawn very briefly because I don't know a lot. So Flintlock, the Siege of Dawn, multi-platform game. You have a cute little fox-like pet. You're running around in a fantasy world. You got superpowers. Is this There's a bosses fox with like chicken feet. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a chicken fox. <laughs> <laughs> and we we saw something very briefly at the Xbox Bethesda showcase, and I haven't heard anything since then. Yeah. So it may pop up at East or at something soon, hopefully. As we know from the Xbox Bethesda showcase pitch and setup, all of those games were meant to be in the next twelve months. So we should see something Q1, and it's just on my list to watch. Again, not necessarily. I top of about the that one. most anticipated, but I'm expecting to see something more from this soon. And this is a, to be clear, it's not a game about the fox. The fox is a companion <laughs> character. It's, it's like always a, about it's like a third. It looks like a third person action combat game mm-hmm. with this medieval fantasy right. setting. Yeah, it's like a sort of medieval slash cyberpunk with the weapon designs and stuff. And but the chicken feet, man. But you can pet the dog. That's that's. I, mean, I was the put, put slippers on him, so I don't have to look at those feet. Yeah, they're weird. But the cyberpunk thing, I don't know where you're getting that from. It definitely feels all medieval. I mean steampunk. Oh, oh okay. did I say cyberpunk? You did, but even steampunk, I'm like, no. is it just because she's got like an undercut? I think it was the weaponry. The weaponry gave me because she's got like a like a cool like shaved like hairstyle, but like it, cool th- hair. this looks like there's like no electricity in this world. No, <laughs> so. no zero electricity, but there <laughs> like, are like blunderbusses and shit. So that's what made me. Think <laughs> I like how you said blunderbuss. <laughs> That was like really good. That was very throaty. Uh, Basically, it's a little tired in here. <laughs> Moving right along, there's quite a few other games that are coming oh, out. She just scrolled right by yours, baby. <laughs> Wait, which one? Starts with an H. Which one? Oh, oh, you really oh, skipped it? Well, Wait a minute. Listen, we didn't highlight it. Wait a minute. Okay, calm I'm upset. Down, calm down. Also, you didn't seem to think about it, okay? I was going to mention it. Don't I'm just blame trying to be me. patient. Ladies and gentlemen, right. we're talking, of course, the H game to talk about next year. Hades 2. Hades 2. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. Y'all know I love Hades. I hate roguelikes, but I love Hades. And I love the characters in Hades. I love the storytelling. I love that every time you die, you get more story, so it rewards those experiences. I love the creativity of all of the different weaponry and how you can combine those based on like the different runs you're doing. I love that once you end a game, it's not over and there's more story because I always want more story. The characters, again, are so fucking hot. Mm. And like the dialogue is funny. Like The art is beautiful. It feels easy to do on a Switch or an Xbox. Box, or I've even played it on a PC. Like it, it, it is the best game maybe I've ever played. Oh damn! It is just a great freaking game. Super <laughs> Giant knows what they're doing. They huh? know what they're doing, and to get somebody who literally does not like this genre to convert this hard, yeah. I can't wait for the second one. And it seems like it picks up with the same world and the same characters, but it's like leveling it up. Where so- was the hot guy? I didn't see him in there. 
Uh, you're talking about Zagreus, the Maybe. main character. Yeah. It's a hot girl this time. Okay. Yeah, she's a princess. And apparently, mm, the hot princess. Hot princess. Into it. And she kicks a lot of ass. <laughs> and Even better. Her father, just like in Hades one, which I am absolutely going to spoil because you can't spoil that game. He's fight- also, it's been out. It's been out. But he's Zagreus is fighting his father, Hades. Mm. And in this game, you are the princess. You're fighting your father, Kronos. Kronos is Hades' father. So, so grandpa. it's like literally leveling up the stakes, right? Like you're fighting the father of the boss from the last game. Oh. And it's just, I can already tell it's going to be more intense, more inventive, more exciting, Did you more anticipate hilarious. this for a sequel? I didn't. I wanted one. Supergiant's uh, never done a sequel before. But I didn't expect it. I, I thought if anything, we'd get similar mechanics in a different game. Yeah. But I am excited for Hades too. Well, Hades was a good one to do their first sequel to. Yes. Makes sense. It was the right choice. Yeah. I think with the amount of work their team put into the mechanics and the art of this game, don't just let that go by the wayside. I know that their team clearly has a lot of cool ideas because mm-hmm. they've done some really unique games. All bangers. You're right. It was a smart call to do Hades too. though. John and I both had the conversation of, but if you're doing sequels, well, there's Bastion too, oh. though. Okay, Because sure. I'd love some more yeah. Bastion. Because sure. that was the game that, like, made them a studio of note and was okay. our first game and is iconic. And like Maybe once Hades 2 is a wild success, they'll go back to which Bastion it will be. and Transistor and we'll get more of those. Transistor was good. I would not play more Transistor. <laughs> wasn't for, wasn't for me. Okay, fair. Though, like the characters and stuff were really cool, and obviously the the music and all of their games is divine, incredible. Darren Corb. And please, can I please get but, the vinyl somewhere? It is so hard to find. Mm. I bought a record player just to get a Hades yeah, vinyl. Yeah, they they get sold out real quick. <sighs> I am a bit please. <laughs> <laughs> if someone has an inside scoop on where we can get the vinyl, but yeah, I would love to see more Bastion, please. But okay. yeah, Hades two mm-hmm. was a huge announcement. Top this of my month. list. Nothing else gets close. But mm. I was like, why give yourselves the pressure of 2023? But they did confirm like. With Hades, originally, Hades 2 will be launching in early access. Mm -hmm. So they are going to be doing that communication with feedback and for people who are playing. And so we'll see when the actual like physical release of that game is going to happen. A big game that's also allegedly coming in 2023, which I really (laughs) hope is coming because they've been undercover for so long, is Ken Levine, the creator of the original Bioshock franchise. Mm -hmm has a new studio that's been working for several years now called Ghost Games, or Ghost Story Games, I should say. And the game we finally got a look at at the Game Awards called Judas. Looks so cool. It looks Bioshock as fuck. And if yes. you've never played Bioshock, the Bioshock collection mm. is available and it's so good. Yeah, it's it's just, just play it. One <laughs> of If you consider yourself a person who loves video games and who appreciates multiple kinds of games... <laughs> and you've never played Bioshock, it is a game that you must play. Yeah. Yeah. It is in my top 10 games of all time because it is so impactful and so innovative and it's just iconic in the same way that a game like Super Mario is Mm -hmm. or Tetris Mm -hmm. or even like a Minecraft. Like they just like, they stand alone. Yeah. Mm And it's a mu- it's a must play. Even if you're not a first person shooter person, I just I can't recommend playing this game enough and, and how imp- important it is to it video games up. at large. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of eyes on this team to be like, what are you doing next? 
what is the next thing? And Jeff at the Game Awards, Jeff Keighley, when they unveiled the trailer, made it seem like this was going to be the next big innovation in storytelling. Yeah. And those that's some pretty big words. And so I think there's a lot mm-hmm. of expectations. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. Yes. God indeed. bless. <laughs> uh, Brittany. Uh, Mm. Speaking of another child of yours to add to the pile. But I feel like this one's a little bit further down the totem pole. This is like child seven for you where you're like, I love you because you're mine. But, you know, sometimes you fuck up. (laughs) Yeah, you're kind of like on the shit list. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So layers of fears. So I am always rooting for Bloober team. So they did layers of fear, obviously. Layers of fear two, the medium, Blair Witch. And now they're working on the Silent Hill 2 remake. And... I've always rooted for them. I think that team has a lot of potential. I think they've tried so many different games, though, that they can't... I don't want to say it's not that they can't significantly improve on their formula, but because they are trying so many different things, I feel like they can't really just, like, get the groove going. Yeah. That Mm -hmm. said, their games are never bad. I never think they're bad. I think they're unique, and I think they're fun, and I think they're Mm well-made. Everyone just feels different about Bluebird Team. It's one of those developers that you ever love, or you're like, I don't trust you with Silent Hill 2. Anyway, Layers of Fears is basically, my understanding, it's kind of like a retelling of Layers of Fear 1 and 2. And it's going to be like the definitive version of the game. It's just the way you can think of it, for example. It's going to be real scary, real pretty. And I hope it makes me poo myself. Um, the, <laughs> the best. <laughs> the next one, this is, a, this is a Kingdom Hearts ass title. Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name. No, you can't fit that shit in a hashtag. No. Like, and the, and the abbreviation <laughs> for it is weird. It is so Lad, weird. Ladga. No, it's a... You just Ladga. <laughs> I have to imagine, and Brittany, as somebody who's actually studied Japanese, is maybe the Japanese version of the name is like more yeah. succinct, yeah, or more Real like rolls off the tongue because, like, yeah, like a dragon guide in the man who erases name. I'd be curious to know too what many the, words what the title is in, in uh, Japan, yeah. So, this game is gonna be very interesting, and this was a huge surprise. So, this is going <laughs> put up your glasses. This is gonna bridge the gap between Yakuza 6 and Yakuza Like a Dragon. Because as you know, in Like a Dragon, Ichiban meets Kiru, and it's like kind of like a whole... As you know. As you know. I mean, everyone knows the two husbands meet. And it's really... I love you. I want to make sure I didn't accidentally grab your tits, so I had to look over to find your arms. Uh, I mean, I could have. Patreon.com, so that's games. Views. Views. But, you know, Yakuza 6 was supposed to be, like, this end of, of Kiru, and then he comes back in, like, a dragon, and now he's apparently coming back in Yakuza 8, which is just absolutely wild. But this kind of tells the story of what happened between... I love you, I love... Just, just, look, just look at me. I love this. <laughs> just keep going. I am. So this tells the story of what happened to him after he's supposed retired and like erased his name but oh surprise oh he did it yeah so all we really know about this game is that it's gonna be apparently like half the length of a normal yakuza game and it's really funny because the team is like 10 to 20 hours but there's a full open world and side quests and mini games so there's no way i would say 40 hours minimum for this if you're gonna do all this stuff but again we're eating good over here yakuza fans got we got two new games coming next year we have another one coming the year after that Oh, my daddies oh, ravage me. It's going to be great. I don't know how you really follow that. I mean, you follow it with Spider-Man. <laughs> I guess. We haven't gotten a new look at Marvel Spider-Man 2 in a little bit. Yeah. But hopefully they'll be doing a standalone event sometime soon. Maybe we'll get our next big look at this at 
well, I shouldn't say at E3, but probably around mm-hmm. E3 time. But this feels to me like a late 2023 yeah. title. Yeah. If I was Sony looking at what's been announced so far for the beginning of the year, I would definitely like hold this for holiday if I could. But I think the game is going to be great. Obviously, Insomniac has shown so far that they've done great work with the Spider-Man franchise, so no doubt that that's going to be really cool. But I want to just move on to stuff that maybe we have a little bit more thoughts about. So, mm-hmm. Britt, you oh. want to talk about My Time at Sandrock. Real quick shout-out to Mina the Hollower, follow-up to Hollow Knight. Oh, it's the, okay. It's the Kickstarter game that was yes, started yes. on X-Play. Excited to see that one, because, I mean, I'm assuming they're going to nail it. Yeah. That very easy thought there. Yeah, this is, I don't have too much to say about my time at Sandrock, except for it's a follow-up to my time at Porsche, which I spent a lot of time, I think like 120 hours on that bad boy. Yeah, you know, as you do. As you do, but it's one of those Brit-ass Brit games, right? You can (laughs) bang people, have a farm, craft, build stuff. My time at Porsche was really rough at launch, and so I'm hoping that those issues will be fixed for my time at Sandrock. Or they do early access, maybe? It's in early access, I think, for PC right now. It was the console launch that was kind of rough. But Mm. anyway, let's go on to... One of Ree's most anticipated. It's Redfall. <laughs> so is, is this it just number be- two? Yeah, is this just because one of the characters looks exactly like It you? is. Her name is Layla, and she has student loan debt, and I identify with her, okay? <laughs> <laughs> We're the same. But like, on paper, it's a game about killing vampires, and I feel like also, you would stay so far. Also I same. I love that. I love to kill vampires. I didn't think you were that brave. As it, long as yeah. it's more action-focused. Yeah. Because we, we, we had fun in Back for Blood. So much fun in Back for Blood. Yeah. Lifelong Buffy fan. Okay. Anytime you want to slay a vampire. We get down with Call of Duty Zombies. Yeah, I'm down. You as long as brave. I can fight it, and I don't have, like, a shiv and a toothpick, I'm That's good. Fair. It's not survival-based. I can't You're do like, that. You're like, I want to be superhuman <laughs> with a giant magazine of bullets. Exactly. And play with yeah. friends. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's I don't want to have to dig into boxes to find a gear. I have to, to make a bandage together. or no. I die? <laughs> what? You I need to play Outlast. I can't fight with alcohol swabs, Brittany. <laughs> 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 I need a gun. <laughs> but no, I'm, Joe, we've talked about Redfall. I am still very excited for it. And it is, I would say, probably my number two now that Hades 2 exists. And it's not only because of the character. I love the gameplay style. We loved our time in Back for Blood. I love yeah. co-op action so, so much. And it's big enough and it has a big enough splash that I know there will be a lot of people playing it. So it'll be easier to convince my fans to play it with me, which was a lot of the issue with Back for Blood because it was just hard to squeeze time on that game. But in. that game was also hard it was when very it launched. The, so much so that Turtle Rock had to come out and be like, okay, you're right. We have to nerf our own game because yeah, we, but made, we did beat it. We made all the difficulties too hard. But we did beat it. We, we got that. And I, I just I just love any time that you're combining magic with combat and guns and fighting evil is great and the town looks really cool. I love the art style. It's different. Like it's enough like games that I've seen before, but it doesn't feel like it's the exact same thing. I'm just really excited for this one. Thank like you. genuinely. I want to mm-hmm. see more gameplay soon. Yes. I would like to see a demo, a beta, something, something. that feels more live. Because I know that Xbox has shown like substantial gameplay, but it felt really rehearsed. Yeah. yeah. And so I would like to see something, you know, some emergent off gameplay. the cuff. Yeah. So I exactly. think it's supposed to come out the first half of 2023. Soon, yeah. So, sure. I mean, they got until the, the anniversary of that showcase <laughs> to get oh, these that's out, right. right? Uh, yeah. So hopefully they do, even, even if it's like an Xbox gameplay preview mm-hmm. or early access something to 
to get it out. And I just want to like put forward out into the universe to all dev teams that may or may not be listening. <laughs> it's okay. Early access is something we should just embrace. Yes. Yep. I think it's there's nothing wrong with saying we need to get some real-time data from people playing the game in a live situation in order for our teams, our servers, our devs, QA, all of them to like see how the game performs. Let's fix things. Let's balance things in real time. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think we're finally in a situation where fans expect that from games that have a heavy multiplayer component. 100%. I'd rather have it work and have some experience with it and a few people who are actually interested because they've already played it than to drop it day one and it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I have to remind myself about that games that I'm actively playing sometimes. That like, are still in early access. Like Dreamwood <laughs> Valley. It's like, it's in early access. So what? That. So when stuff yeah, is yeah. broke, it's like, hey, it, you're literally in an early access period. Like they're mm -hmm. looking for feedback. Yeah. And I think if that expectation is there, even if it's my fault that I forgot, it's not on me. The devs literally said that it's early access. Yeah, exactly. I think that communication with consumers is important and people appreciate that they know what they're getting or not getting when they're, you know, buying the game or buying into an early access situation. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we have yet to see what the team is going to do with Redfall specifically, but I will play that with you. Yay. I'm committing to that right now. I'm excited. Um, but a game I won't play, Brittany, I'm sorry, oh. is Rune Factory 3 special. <laughs> you know, this but is you knew that was coming. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, if you could just scroll down a little bit, because there's mm -hmm. another game I can lump into this. So you have Rune Factory 3 special, which is a remake of the 2011 game, I think 2000. 11 or 2001 who could say it doesn't matter there's a one in there somewhere and then i have story of seasons a wonderful life coming so i'm telling you like next year oh i'm just gonna be having like constant orgasms you know what i mean it's just gonna, <laughs> no. there's gonna be so many bread aspirate games but the tldr on these are obviously they're the farming sims a wonderful life is interesting because this is the harvest moon game where you get married you have a kid then your kid grows up and your kid can get married and the decisions you make shapes your kid like real life now that i'm saying it out loud i'm like i don't know if i want to play this i, I already have that real it's life too real. pressure it's, it's too, too real. real now. But I just want to give a shout out to more of these games coming out because like, yo, they're wholesome and they make me feel good. Uh, speaking of wholesome. Speaking of wholesome, <sighs> I don't know where she was going with that segue. Sorry. But oh. I was going to mention that Star Wars Jedi Survivor is slated for 2023. Mm -hmm. yes. I loved Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. I thought it was a wonderful experience from Respawn, a team that is clearly very much in the first-person shooter genre, and they did this great third-person action-adventure, and I loved some of the mechanics they did. The game did have a few problems, but I have to imagine that the team <laughs> looked at some of the things that were, you know, shortfalls and are improving upon it. We got a little teaser at the Game Awards, and we're seeing a Cal Kestis that looks older, looks, you know, I more seasoned. I love that look on him, that rugged, like... No bullshit. Was it was it the was it the the facial fuzz? It was the facial fuzz shadow. and just kind of the the furrow in the brows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The like, smolder. He, yeah, he's seen yeah. some stuff. Kind of reminding me of Alistair from Dragon Age. And he I had a like, double wield oh. moment too. Oh, yes, the dual wielding. Yes. Very exciting. exciting. So I'm I'm pumped for that game. Yeah. I think that that game is going to be great because I just respawn has shown yes. that they. They'd be crushing it. So I'm excited to play more of that. And then, of course, like the Big Daddy oh. coming 
assume that it's coming. Big old, just yeah. slap it on the is table. It can the, pick any date it wants. <laughs> literally, the Bethesda Game Studios. And I'm actually surprised that Starfield didn't win most anticipated because yeah. it has just dominated the news cycle for most of these things. But it's I mean, Zelda. Zelda be yes. Zelda. Yep, Nintendo. And this is why I think that next year's Game Awards are going to be <laughs> freaking wild oh boy. if all of these games actually hit 2023. But Starfield is clearly one of the big daddies for next year. Yeah. But unfortunately for the three of us, we've talked about how the space setting has not really blown any of our skirts up. Mm-mm. I do appreciate the at-length discussion we had with Emily Rose back when the big reveal for Starfield happened. No doubt we'll have more discussions. Oh, yeah. Okay. She, she will be making many more appearances <laughs> in 2023. Was that... I still believe that Bethesda Game Studios as a team is going to deliver an incredible RPG experience. Mm-hmm. I just don't know from my own personal taste mm-hmm. if that space setting is going to grab me the same way that like high fantasy settings like do. Mass Effect. Or even that sci-fi fantasy settings mm-hmm. do. Because mm-hmm. this doesn't feel as sci-fi fantasy like a Star Wars or a Mass Effect does in the same way that... You know, Bethesda has done. It feels, you know, a little bit more grounded in realism, but obviously there's, I guess, I don't want to say obviously, but there's going to be aliens in it. Um, There's aliens. (laughs) I mean, that's exactly how I feel about it is the space setting has never been my favorite, which is why I'm always a Dragon Age fan over a Mass Effect fan. I love both, but Dragon Age is bay for me. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm with you. I think if there's a team who can deliver an experience that's going to make me fall in love with this universe they've created, it's Bethesda. And so I'm absolutely going to give it a shot. But, and I don't mean this in a bad way, the more I've seen of it, the less excited I've become. Mm. And, you know, that's just a Brit thing. It's a Brit taste. But sometimes I think when a game is doing too much, it's too much. Mm -hmm. But I will say that I think No Man's Sky is a perfect example of a team that had a super ambitious idea (laughs) at the beginning and definitely, like, whiffed it. Yeah. And then made an amazing comeback. Yeah. I don't think Bethesda's going to whiff it because I just don't think they're going to. But I think they're definitely launching with one of the most ambitious titles they've ever made. I mean, they've said as much publicly that this game is bigger than anything they've ever done. And sometimes I look to teams that are doing that and go, why are you doing all of this stuff, though? Like, who is this for? Is it for this small segment of gamers who are like, I need an infinite amount of planets to go to. I need an infinite amount of gear to chase. Like, I can't imagine that's the majority of your audience asking for that. And so I'm like, I'm really curious to see how that balance is going to end up in the final product. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, Brittany... Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Suck it in. So we get in. Suck it in. One and two. <laughs> Listen to this title. Suck it in one and two HD remaster Gate Rune and Dunan Unification Wars. Well, why, though? I couldn't tell you. It was just Suck it in one and two or oh Suck it in. I don't God. know. Don't get dramatic. So, anyway, they're basically just remastering these, but they're adding the following. All background illustrations have been upgraded to HD. This came, these games came out in the mid 90s. Okay. So, they're needed. Updated effects, new environmental sounds, battle sound effects, HD, newly autosave. Like battle, fast forward, and conversational log. So I want to give this, give, give these games a shout out because they're some of my grandma's favorite video games. Aww. Yeah, yeah grandma. grandma. And so when I told her that these were getting remastered, she was incredibly excited. <laughs> and I remember at one time, my mom was at a garage sale and they had a copy of Suikoden in 2 there for two bucks, I think it was. Oh, and wow. at the time, Good find. those games on eBay were going for like $95. Yeah. Couple, it, was a, it was ridiculous. Egregious. Yeah, but now, I mean, I don't think that really go, happens anymore. But you know, all games are going to be $70 now. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, yeah. That's a whole thing. But I'm very excited. You know how it goes. Me 
in my 90s RPGs. Mm-hmm. Mm. Sweet. I'm happy for you and your grandma. Thanks. We have to talk about The Wolf Among Us too before yes. we end this episode. Yes. Because this do. is a game that we should have gotten a trailer for by now. I want Sad. it. <sighs> Which is make me think, does this game come out next year or does it not? I hope I so. hope it does. I do too because yeah. it was one of my favorite Telltale games. Yeah. I'm really glad that it got saved yeah. when, you know, the properties amongst those IPs were like, is this going to ever come back or not? Right. And I think that it's got potential to be really cool and really awesome. And mm-hmm. I would love to see it in a new next-gen graphical setting and really uh, see how they the change engine. the art style. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it can't get much worse than that engine. Oops. But we'll we'll talk about that later. So this is a game I'm I'm excited for and it's hard to talk too much about it because we literally like know nothing about it except that it's supposed to be coming out. I mean yes. based on the first one, it's my number three most anticipated. Oh so you return back as Big B, the big bad wolf, um, and you return to a gr- as a gritty detective world where there are no fairy tale endings. The Wolf Among Us two picks up six months after the events of season one. I mean because they Kind of left a cliffhanger yeah, of an ending. It really did. It's winter in New York City, and a new case threatens to cross the line between Fable Town and the NYPD. And what I'm wanting to know is how are they going to incorporate your save from the first one? Unless it's the sort of thing where you go online. Or they and, don't. Or they don't. Pick, uh, like speed speed run through Like your the choices. little comics that we've seen yeah, that that's in front of games thinking, like, where yeah, you yeah. make yeah. the decisions. I don't yeah. even remember what my decision was. Pull up a save, I guess. Or they <laughs> just don't incorporate your save at all. Yeah, you could. Yeah. That's possible. I feel like that would not games, go over well, though. I think I've just picked canon mm-hmm. decisions, mm-hmm. and then that's just what you get. Yeah. yeah. Which would be a bummer, but again, we don't know much about that game. And another game that we don't really know much about, but we saw at the Game Awards from Splash Damage is Transformers Reactivate. That did look interesting. And when we saw the the trailer, it was unclear what it was for a long time. Like mm-hmm. there was lots of lead up in that piece of marketing, which was exciting because once like, you know, the the people who are looking at your screen as the viewer like boot you up and you realize, oh, I'm a piece of machinery of some kind. And then you stand up and you're really tall. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, I'm recording. Like, no, yeah, <laughs> I thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> but it looked dope. It, it was a really interesting little story. You got some flashbacks of some kind of invasion from an alien or extraplanetary people and like fighting. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm in. I want to fight some aliens again. Heck yeah. 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 Well, Whew, lots. Yeah, it's a lot. Definitely. It's a big year. It is a big year indeed. And we didn't even cover, obviously, all of the games <laughs> oh. that, that have been announced Impossible. for 2023. It is. There's so many more that we could, but this episode would then just go on in perpetuity. But <laughs> I want to say thank you so much to everybody who has supported What's Good Games for this year. We are hoping to come back in a bigger way in 2023 and, and maybe have our first What's Good Games meetup again. <gasps> Fingers crossed. So we're looking at when that could possibly be. And obviously E3 is back and we're going to be there and lots more to come. So we hope that you guys had a fantastic 2022 with us and will continue to join us for 2023 and that you have a wonderful new year with whatever celebrations you'll be doing. And we'll see you next year, everybody. Bye. Bye.